Let me uh, hold your attention for a little longer and invite the Ingushes up for a report from the mission field. We're going to uh, get this on recording as well so we can uh, pass it along. And uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for being here. Um, first, I just want to thank everyone for their prayers and support while we were gone, and uh, meant a lot to know you guys were thinking of us back home. And um, yeah, so I'm to start. I'm just going to give a real brief overview of our time there, and then we'll get a little more in depth into some of the stuff we were doing. Um, when we first went down there, we didn't know entirely what we were going to do. We had kind of an idea. There's a couple missionaries that we support, like an hour and a half north of PV. Um, and we thought we'd be getting to know them and kind of working alongside them, and that's not where the Lord wanted us. <laughs> so the, the first place we had booked to stay was right in their area, um, and we got there, and immediately we could tell we couldn't stay there. It was under construction. The pool didn't work. The, the front door actually was just someone had just busted a hole to reach in there and unlock it, and the Airbnb host was like, oh, it's a safe neighborhood. I'm like, then why is the door busted open? Like, so we ended up, um, yeah, it was a long day. We drove up there, we got there, immediately had to turn around and leave and try to find somewhere for seven people to stay for two weeks on the week of Christmas. So the Lord did provide us with something. We ended up back uh, in the area that we normally stay. Um, so we were kind of trying to get settled in with that, and it was around this time that I was getting sick and not feeling well, a lot of sharp stomach pains and stuff. Um, so we went to the ER and thought maybe it was gallstones, saw a specialist. Um, turns out I had a H. pylori infection and ulcers, so I had to do antibiotics. And then subsequently, the rest of the trip, about every two weeks, I would get violently ill. So I don't know if it's one lingering food poisoning or whatever, but I've been I got sick the day before we left and was able to fly, and I've been well since. Um, and we also all got head lice uh, <laughs> in, in our travels between orphanage or... Where we, we got checked out right when we left the airport. The first thing we did from Minneapolis was go to a head lice clinic and get checked. So you can rub our heads. We're fine. Um, and, uh, you know... Maybe I'll let Marissa share a little bit about just getting to know some of our friends better. And um, yeah, Tico and his family and just kind of getting. Um, yeah, we, some of you guys met Tico, one friend that we've gotten pretty close to down there. Um, we, he came here last summer and came to Providence and stuff. And we said the whole trip, what would we do without Tico? <laughs> because he saved our butts. So can I say that? Okay. <laughs> um, he saved us in a, you know, lowercase kind of way um, many times, um, specifically when we had the issue with the first Airbnb we were supposed to stay at. Um, he had picked us up at the airport, drove us all the way up there, and then, you know, they, 
they kind of left and said our goodbyes and said, okay, we'll see you later. And then hour later, we're like, oh, we can't stay here. He had already gotten all the way back to PV, drove all the way back up that night, him and Julio, a friend of his that does taxi, and um, came and picked us up and found us a place. I mean, it's all about connections down there. It's all about who you know, and Julio knew somebody that was able to put us up for the night in a different resort until we found something else the next day. So, yeah, I mean, we just, it was fun getting to spend more time with him and meeting some of his family and extended friends who became family to us. And like, that is something that is so cool about the culture is just to be honest, we felt more comfortable with his friends and family than we do our own blood relatives. <laughs> not not you guys, but our like our blood family. We just felt, I mean, it was so easy to just be a part of whatever they were doing and, and get to know them and stuff. Um, and then while we were, so we did um, two weeks of our normal vacation at the normal resort that we have been staying at for the past few years. And um, we met a couple there through some other people, and this couple has done quite a bit with like building some orphanages in Topeka, which is the capital of the state that we go to. And um, so we just kind of hit it off with them, and they invited us to um, the church that they go to. It's called La Fuente Riviera, and. Um, we ended up getting involved a little bit with this church. I went out into this community called San Jose, very poor community, and was teaching English classes once a week there. And I cannot believe how much I loved doing that. Like, I think about when I'm homeschooling and teaching grammar to my kids, and I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like struggling. But this was so much fun. It was so fun. We made some really good, and most of the people that I was teaching were adults and then older kids. It wasn't like little kids' English classes. And um, it was just really cool to see how God used, um, used all of that. And then even, you know, my Spanish speaking, I, you really had to have some Spanish in order to teach the English, which, sound, which sounds funny, but they don't speak, these people did not speak any English. So you really have to like get things rolling and kind of teach in Spanish to teach them English. So um, that was really cool. And we kind of alternated, you know, me or a couple of the kids going with her on that. So we'd take turns. Yeah, I, you know, one time I brought Marley, one time I brought, brought Piper and Ann Marley, one time I brought Rudy. Um, and Rudy even kind of did some teaching of the teens that were there and stuff. So um, that was really neat. And we made, I have this one girl that just kind of latched on to me named, uh, oh, that, <laughs> Rudy snuck that in there. Oh, so this is one of my students here. Um, that's actually the church in a different church, but it's on there again. <laughs> But one of the girls, Vanessa, um, I got pretty close to, and she, I mean, she calls me and texts me all the time, and um, very sweet. And so that was such a blessing just to get out and get to know you're off the beaten path. I mean, 
it's crazy like when people think of Mexico and oh this really you know awesome beach exotic place you're going for vacation and 15 20 minutes inland is total poverty people living with no furniture they have no furniture in their house they have dirt floors they have not like flushing toilets like you have to fill up a bucket and dump it down the toilet to flush it and the just the contrast in like when you're on the beach versus going just a few miles away it's just night and day difference so um yeah uh, that was kind of our the english class teaching part of it that we were doing and then i'll let jean talk about amazing grace which is the church we really got involved with yeah so we um pretty early on maybe a couple weeks in we found amazing grace church um and so that church is really near where we stay they have a sunday service there that's like in a restaurant before the restaurant opens um so we went there and uh pretty small sunday service uh stanley the pastor and then his wife julieta and then there was i mean maybe 20 other people other than our family usually on sundays um but what really drew us into this i mean it was sound teaching and um but what really drew us in we told them we were looking for mission opportunities and they're like you're in the right place <laughs> so they have a mission in bosque de progreso <laughs> Uh, it's a small, poor community about 45 minutes uh, inland or from where we stay. Um, and they started there 10 years ago just basically street preaching with, you know, three or four people that would come. And now they've grown to 200 people come every Saturday. So they do their services in Spanish there on Saturdays. So the mission has actually outgrown the church by leaps and bounds. It's amazing. Um, so we start, started getting involved with them. Right, We told them we wanted to serve right away. They said, well, you guys can, we, we kind of told them a little bit of our story, and they said, well, you can teach a, a marriage Bible study. So, um, yeah, we didn't have any curriculum or any of that. We just, I would just sit down and find a chapter we wanted to cover and take some notes, and she would interpret, and we just went for it. Um, and it was just, I mean, it was literally amazing. And what... Yeah, you want to chirp in quick? I was just going to say, um, when we were asked, you know, like, oh, can you guys just teach, like, a marriage study right out of the Bible, straight out of Scripture? And when we went out there, we had, we had no idea who we were going to be meeting. We kind of were like, are these going to be, you know, married couples that are having marital issues and doing some counseling with them? And then we go out, and it's nope it is the most basic like nobody was married they're all just living together and they have the kids but none of the men none of the men came to the study um one the but even the the man and woman that were hosting the bible study at their house are not married and when we spoke more to stanley pastor stanley and julieta they said the culture they don't people don't get married here they don't understand the importance they don't know why you should be married um they just end up living together and having kids and it's totally normal for the men to have multiple women in their lives and kind of um the womanizer stigma whatever um and lots and lots and lots of alcoholism um 
so we had to go way back to the basics of just teaching, you know, why marriage is important, how it's a really, or it's a picture of our relationship with Christ, you know, those types of things. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what our study was about. <laughs> um, so, but kind of as a whole, Amazing Grace's mission in Bosque, um, they do the Sunday service. Um, they offer some like food assistance programs because they don't have that there. Most people in that neighborhood live on five to six dollars a day, um, which isn't enough, obviously. Um, and then they also do Bible studies. They do classes um, like computer classes for, you know, young teenagers, teach them how to use computers so they can get a decent job. Um, English classes. Um, basic nutrition classes, teaching people that it's not good to start your day with a Coke. You know, most of them, you have to buy bottled water everywhere, so when it costs the same to buy a Coke or water, most people will, will just buy a Coke. And so diabetes is, is really bad there too. Um, but we found that the people there in Bosque were very receptive to the word, very hungry for it. They wanted to know more about it. Um, they honestly just feel forgotten. They feel like they're a forgotten class of people. They're, um, a lot of them do end up cleaning houses in the rich neighborhoods or driving taxis or working in restaurants. So they see rich Americans come in blowing hundreds of dollars on a meal, you know, and they don't even make that in a, in a month. Um, so they just feel forgotten. So when, you know, when pe pe Americans come into their neighborhood to share the gospel with them and study, they take it pretty seriously. Um, so that's been good, and it's, and it's really the younger generation, too, getting ahead of that, getting, getting in and teaching them the word, and getting them out of that cycle of alcoholism and poverty. And, um, you know, they say they have family values, but they really don't in, in the right way. Um, so it's really important. There's a, a big focus on getting the youth while they're young and um, getting them hungry for the word. And they, and they are. A lot of the younger kids are really excited and they want to learn. Um, but what we discovered, we thought, you know, we were going to, we didn't know if we'd be street preaching or, you know, what we'd be doing or serving at the orphanage. And it's literally all about discipleship down there. I mean, there's so many new believers that just need someone to come alongside them, get to know them, share their burdens, pray for them, read the Bible with them, help, help them to understand things. It's, it's just so, so important. Um, and so we, towards the end of our Bible study, we really started to get to know some of the people that were coming. Um, and I'll let Marissa share because she was talking directly with them, some of their stories, and, you know, she interpreted some for me, but obviously she understood more than I did. Um, I was just going to share specifically about two women that we met that were in our, in our Bible study. Erika and Yesenia are their names, and um, at our last study, we were kind of going around and having people share what their situations were, and um, Erika has, did she have two or three? She had two kids um, and said, and I mean, you can, you could tell, you could look at this girl and just see the defeat on her face. Like, 
the struggle on her face. Um, she's been living with a man with this guy. She's been with this guy for 12 years and has two kids with him. And he's just a total alcoholic. He doesn't even work. All he does is drink. That's all he does. And she can't work because of her kids. I don't know. I don't know how they survive. I mean, well, it ha it's because of amazing grace, like that are, they're providing food and assisting them. But, um, the pain and the suffering on a daily basis is so much there. And this is part of the reason why alcoholism is so bad because this, they drink their problems away, you know? And, um, so she's been living in that for 12 years. Um, and then Yesenia, this other woman, she came and she had her three kids with her one-year-old little girl that was asleep on her lap, four-year-old little boy, totally nonverbal because he just, he just got diagnosed with autism. He can't speak. She said he cries a lot because he can't communicate. And then she had a 12-year-old son. And I was sitting there talking to her, and she's telling me, yeah, I was married. I, I was actually married a year ago, and a year ago my husband um, – left me for another woman and kicked us all out of the house and now we're living in a, in a homeless shelter and I'm like I just started bawling and then she looks at me and she says it's okay it's okay I am so joyful I am so grateful for everything that's happened because I wouldn't have known the Lord if this hadn't and I'm like okay I have no problems like this is super humbling and then I was crying even more and um just, and then I just remember sitting in that moment and feeling totally defeated and deflated. And I literally said in my mind, like, what do we even do? Because the problem is so big. It's there's, there's dozens of people just in this community living in these exact same situations. It's and the, you know... It's, I just remember thinking, like, what are we even supposed to do? This is too big. This is too much. And how can we do, how can we make any difference? And honestly, it is just one person at a time. It's discipling one person at a time, coming along, Julieta and Stanley, that are, do, that are living in the daily trenches with these people, and coming alongside of them and supporting them, you know. So um, that is what, I mean, that's totally where the, the Lord led us. We went, we went there having no clue where we were going, what this was going to look like. Like Jean said, we thought we were going to be um, getting to know Chuck and Colleen, which we did meet up with them, and they are amazing. They're wonderful um, and their ministry is discipling pastors to pastor their churches, which is another huge need. But God just steered us in a different direction. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just God really does prepare our works ahead of time. Like, it's not us. Like, he has this all prepared, and we just, we just went along with it. <laughs> Um, so where we're kind of moving forward here and kind of our vision looking out forward, we kind of started the ball rolling on this um, financially and arranging things 
Um, but we're, we're looking to provide a house that the church owns in that neighborhood that can be a safe house um, for women in distress, that they can come and stay there for six months, a year, or whatever it is to get back on their feet, get them, get them out of the homeless shelters. Um, and this would also be a place that Amazing Grace could use in that neighborhood for Bible studies. Um, a lot of the women could cook food there and then sell it on the street and make money. Um, the older women could come, older women could come and do daycare, you know, and make five or six dollars for watching kids for a day. But for them, that would be massive. Um, and then it's also it would also be a place that uh, the youth could go to kind of get stay off the street and you know kind of meet there in fellowship. Um, that's overseen by the church. All of this is overseen by the church. There's not going to be, you know, alcoholic men staying there. It's, it's run by the church. Um, so we're trying to get the ball rolling on this. Um, we are asking that Providence would prayerfully consider coming alongside uh, Amazing Grace Church to sponsor this. So the whole cost per month for rent and utilities and everything would be like $500 a month. Um, and Marissa and I have already committed to a portion of that. So we're asking the church to prayerfully consider it. Um, even individuals, you know, if you, if you feel called to even $10 a month would make a world of difference for these people. Um, so that's, we're trying to get this part of their ministry going for them. It's something they had considered in the past, but they didn't really, you know, they're so busy with other things, they haven't really had the opportunity to pursue it. Um, so we're pursuing that. We would also like people to consider, um, next year, Lord willing, we'll be going again, probably not for as long. Um, but we would love for anyone who wants to come even for a week or whatever and, and come serve and, and share in this and get to meet these people. And I mean, it's just, it's really a life-changing experience. I mean, really. And I mean, anyone can help if you're musically talented their 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 worship services need help so bad They're, they just have a roku tv and they do the roku jukebox they have a little microphone and a stand-up speaker <laughs> that never works that's like and yeah when julieta trying you know in her very thick mexican accent singing and yeah i mean it is so sweet and it's so simplistic it's it's like wonderful but I, know but I think these people would melt them. if someone came with a guitar. <laughs> but um, And then, you know, there's classes that can help. Like, I didn't feel equipped at all to lead a Bible study when we got there, but we just did it, and it was, I mean, it was awesome. I'm so grateful for that. Um, and, and looking forward, I mean, we're prayerfully considering, you know, what our future would be involvement with this. Right now, we're just kind of taking it day by day, trying to get this housing thing going and planning on going back next year. But... Stanley did kind of give me a wink and tell me that he needs a younger generation to take over his his work there. So I don't know. We're just uh, praying about that. Um, and and the other thing we really wanted to that we felt really convicted about that we wanted to share that a lot of you seasoned believers here should consider is um, we really just realized like as as you know pretty well grounded believers we really should come alongside and find someone to mentor, you know, new, or to disciple some younger generation, new, newer believers, whoever, 
Um, I think all of us could find someone in our lives that just needs some discipleship and, you know, needs a little extra time and care and, and leadership. So um, that being said, I'd just like to leave you with uh, um, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8 here. Um, just really hit me hard in our whole <laughs> whole thing here. But uh, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything, endure hardship, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. And that's just my prayer for all of us, that we can say that, that we can say we fought the good fight, we finished the race, and the Lord's prepared our way. So thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing, Gene and Marissa. Let's, uh, there'll be more opportunities and ideas to serve and uh, to come alongside. Oh, just a brief note of vision at Providence. You know, it can be so, as Gene Marissa shared, it, the need is so great, even in that particular area, that it feels overwhelming. Well, that in the past, when we've discussed as leadership, where we ought to invest some mission resources, we feel like our, it, you can give you that feeling of hopelessness helplessness because your resources are so small and the need globally is so great. But one thing that we've understood as a church and really held ourselves accountable to is that when the Lord, through relationships, gets us in contact with a need, we will consider that the Holy Spirit's leading and something for us to come alongside with. So through the years, God has done this in a number of ways. Um, you know, uh, mercy in Ethiopia is a great example, and today we heard another great example. So our commitment as a church, Lord willing, will be to come alongside that in practical ways and even more, hopefully, as the Lord opens up the doors and provides for us opportunity and uh, getting some resources into their hands. We've been talking about that, the possibility of getting some equipment shipped down there and so, and so forth, and then just prayerfully considering what else the Lord would have. So my heart really resonates with what Gene and Marissa shared. Let's just close in prayer for that area and the Lord's work, and then we'll uh, send you on your way. Lord, we thank you for what we've heard today, which is just such an answer to prayer and a testimony to your glory. Father, for those of us who are here, we recognize that you were here with us and with Gene and Marissa and gave them, Lord, just direction and opportunity to share Christ and to be a light. We pray for that region, Lord, that they were ministering in, Boca de Progreso and the other areas. We pray that you would raise up qualified uh, individuals to be able to disciple and lead, Lord, even among the community. We pray that the efforts that have been sown so far by Amazing Grace Church and other um, seeds, Lord, along the way that we and others hopefully will be able to contribute would produce fruit many-fold. 
We pray, Lord, to a God who expands beyond whatever we could hope or ask or dare to imagine and in miraculous ways multiplies your glory for the cause of your kingdom and to draw attention to your power. So we ask you to do that with the little that we have to offer. Lord, that you might just expand the work of your mission across the seas and into Mexico and other areas for the praise of your great name. Grant us wisdom and more resources so we might be able to share even more and uh, direct us in these steps as we lean on you and not on our own understanding. Seal your word as far as it has been proclaimed in truth today upon our hearts and may it produce fruit for your kingdom and your glory as well in what you've called us to do this week. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.